the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Recorded for us in John in the Upper Room Discourse, Jesus says, I'm leaving. But if I leave, I'll be able to send a comforter to you. And that's what we're going to discuss today, this comforter that Jesus sent back to intercede for us. In chapter 8 of Romans, Paul says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's what we're looking at today, this comforter that Jesus sent in his stead, as he says there in the latter chapters of John. The encouragement of the Holy Spirit as he intercedes for us. We're in Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, and that's where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. We have a heavenly intercessor, and we have an indwelling intercessor. Do you realize that? Both of them know each other's minds perfectly. Both of them are omnipotent. Both of them are all wise, all loving, and they say, cling to us, love us. We are supported, and we have every reason, if we will give ourselves to these promises and these great truths, to rejoice, to be happy, to be encouraged to face tomorrow to face any problem at all. Yes, I may cry some more, but it's okay, because I'm not crying alone. The burden is not mine alone to bear now as a Christian. The Spirit has put His omnipotent hand right on the burden, and He is bearing me and it to the Father in prayer. Now these groanings. Before we begin, can begin in this, because he makes intercession with us with groanings, and we groan too. It's hard to tell sometimes, as these, as are, it's hard to tell sometimes, are these groanings mine, or are these groanings from the Holy Spirit? Let's be clear about something as Christians. We are not conscious of the difference between like, well, the Holy Spirit is doing this in me, or is this me? In other words, when we have a good thought, when we resist a temptation, we are very aware that, well, I, I had to resist. But we are not aware of is that the Holy Spirit was right there helping us to resist. Because we would not have resisted without Him. When we think we have the ability, okay, I, I can resist this today. I'm in pain. I have a horrible headache. Understand as you groan and you pray, there is also a movement there of the Holy Spirit who is joining His work in your life. And His work comes to expression 
in those groanings. Notice here they are described as that which cannot be uttered. It is not that it is not that they are without content. God, of course, knows the content. God knows what we are groaning about. But sometimes if you have been just so overwhelmed and maybe you heard something in a sermon and you were convicted or you were reading scripture and convicted or you have become aware suddenly of a calamity and you're so overwhelmed with it and you know, I need to go to the Lord. I don't even know how to pray aright. So you just get on your face before the Lord and somehow there are words and tears and sighs and it seems sometimes like just a jumbled mess but it's never a mess beloved I mean it may be a mess to us but we don't have to understand it because there is more that goes on in our prayers there is far more that goes on in believing prayers than just the words that we can muster you see there is the background encouragement of the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray there is his intercession there is his own joining of his prayers and again we are in deep waters here I know but prayers are added to ours sanctifying our prayer getting out all the junk bringing in holy desires in a way we're not even aware of where did that come from That came, of course, from the Holy Spirit. We see some of this, I believe, in the Psalms, where David says some things, but there are words that are hard for us to grasp, like when he says, deep call unto deep at the noise of the water spouts. Anybody know what that means? Then he says in another place, all your waves and billows have gone over me. Well, he is saying there, I feel like I'm going to expire. My sins have just gone over my head. But that's a difficult phrase for some people who don't know Scripture very well. Now, don't think that in a psalm we have David's complete thought process at any particular occasion. We have the main ones, but then somehow in the middle of the psalm or toward the end, what do we see? We see a flip. There is rejoicing after sorrow. There is thankfulness. Oh, God is my hope. God is my help. You see, this is the way the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers. We see it even better, I think, when our Lord was in the garden. There are things there, obviously, that he said that we are aware of, such as, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me now. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. But it, is also, but it also says in the Gospels that he, came, he began to be in agony and horrors of death and hell came upon him and his sweat was as great drops of blood. So there was an agony in the garden that yes, we hear some of the words, but there were other things there that we can't ever begin to hear. And perhaps clothed in our flesh, they were non-verbal. And yet, the Holy Spirit was, was upholding him because not only did the angels come and minister to him, but after the conclusion of his prayer, what did he do? He rose up and said, let us be going, my accusers draw nigh. 
So if something happens to you this week or even tonight, or maybe something that is happening to you right now and it's occurring to you, I don't even know how to pray for this. Beloved, just go and pray. Find a psalm like 34, 56, 22, 27, and really when you think about it, all of the 20s. But pick a psalm and start praying it. But understand, God is not limited to helping you based on the words you can come up with. Because he knows how weak we are. And he has given us a helper, a divine helper. Not only our Lord Jesus who sympathizes with us and never stops interceding for us. But he has given us the Holy Spirit to come alongside So even even if we don't know what to pray, Lord, I'm just going to call upon you. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. So if you groan, remember the Lord Jesus in Hebrews 5, 7, and 8. Remember the days of his flesh when he had prayed with strong cries and groanings. Unto him is able to save him from death. He was heard in that he feared. If you groan before the Lord, you're not alone. You know, it's interesting. We normally think of the help of the Holy Spirit as when I'm on a mountaintop. Let me go to a conference that will enlighten me and boost my spirit. Let me get a high and then I'll really be helped. Well, isn't it interesting that the Bible never speaks of spiritual health and happiness on the mountaintop, except with respect to heaven. On a day-to-day basis, where does it speak of help? When we are in the valley. Because as we walk with the Lord through the valley of the shadow of death, as Matthew Henry called it, the darkest dispensations of God's providence, it is there especially that God's grace is at work in us. His upholding intercession of the Holy Spirit is right there. Now, there is more. I could tell you about it all I want to, and you could listen carefully, but you've got to pray. And we have to take seriously what Scripture says. It says, you call upon me at all times. 1 Chronicles 6.11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continuously. Call upon me at all times, he says. Pour out your heart to me at all times, you people. Because we know what to pray for? No. We are as ignorant as we can possibly be most of the time. It is because in prayer... There is a mystery here that the veil between heaven and earth is very, very, very movable. Reality is not limited to what we see. Most of reality cannot be seen yet. And God says, when you are on your face before me, you may be groaning, you may be crying, but my Holy Spirit is helping you. You just can't see it. Now the help goes deeper, verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in what is the mind of the Spirit. This may be a little bit easier to explain, but it is just as glorious. 
First of all, God knows our hearts. Now, please understand what I am saying and what I am not saying. If you're groaning for a hot red sports car, it's not coming. If you're groaning for that, you're not going to get it. If you're groaning for, groaning for, if I could just make an extra $500 a month, please understand, not everything you groan about is worth the Holy Spirit helping you with it. As a matter of fact, it is a great mercy that he doesn't, because God knows our hearts. He knows what our true needs are. And notice, it says, he searches. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? He searches. Right now, there is no one in this room whose mind, thoughts, heart, desires, or will is not completely and exhaustively known to God. Scripture says all things are naked and open before the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. For sinners, that is terrifying. For those who don't believe in the Lord Jesus, they don't want that kind of God. But for those who know the Lord, that is very encouraging because I don't know myself. I, I cannot plumb the depth of my heart. Although we often think, well, no one knows me better than me. I've often found that no one knows you less than you. Let me say it another way. You know yourself less than many other people do. We are often very blind to who we really are, but not to God. He searches our hearts. And notice what he finds. What does he find when he searches the heart of a Christian? Just our filth, right? No, just our burdens and tears. No, he finds something else. He finds his blessed spirit indwelling us. And he knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit is fully God. And the spirit, 1 Corinthians 2.10, searches the deep things of God. So like I said earlier, remember there is a harmony that is very mysterious between the Holy Spirit working in us and our response to him. Sometimes we can't distinguish between the two things because he is the life of Christ in us. But here, there is harmony, a conjunction between the searching of the Lord and the mind of the Spirit who is interceding for the saints according to the will of God. Now, will of, in verse 17, is not there in the Greek. It's implied, but the absolute phrase is according to God. And it makes this harmony more dynamic. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God and he dwells in us, but not in some pantheistic sense, but in a personal helping sense, in a redeeming sense, he dwells in us and he is God. So we can go to the Lord in prayer, for he is interceding for us according to God's will. We're often ignorant. We sometimes say, Lord, what is your will here? But remember, the Holy Spirit already knows God's will, and He is within us, and He is interceding for us according to His will. So our prayers, because they are helped by the Holy Spirit, and they are helped by our Lord Jesus and His blood and righteousness, 
they are going to be answered. In fact, they are going to be answered perfectly. They're going to be answered in ways we can't even imagine because we have so much help when it comes to praying because the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us and they know what is best for us. Now, just a few practical things by way of applying all of this. One, we need to make sure our desires and prayer are framed according to God. I mean, we don't want an internal tussle. How would you like it if one side of your mouth was saying no, and the other side of the mouth you were saying yes? Think of the struggle. It just would come out, it just wouldn't come out so well if you have a divided mouth. You've got to be very careful as a Christian, my friends. But you're saturated with God's word. Why? Because you don't dwell alone. You have the Holy Spirit. And this is his book. So the more you're in this book, the more you will be in tune with the mind of the Holy Spirit. And the more you're in tune with his intercessory work, the more your desires are shaped by the very desires and the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. So stay in the book. And just like in prayer, we don't always know what's going on in Scripture. I know many, many times over the years, I have exhorted you, read Scripture, meditate on it, pray through it, memorize it. Now, I understand I have times when I don't do this. But it's not like you get this or get some kind of emotional rush to do these things. All of a sudden, you're sitting watching TV and you say, oh, God i got to get in your word. It doesn't happen like that. Let me ask you, if you are starving in the middle of the day, and you've got a lot of work today, and you reluctantly stop and eat a sandwich, are you expecting this better, this better be a gourmet sandwich? Or I'm, going to, I'm just not going to eat it? No, you're just like, give me a peanut butter sandwich, or with jelly even. Whatever it is, just put something on there. I'm starving. That is a lot of times the way we are with Scripture. When we don't know all that's going on, but we do know that the Scriptures are the words and the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. And the more these words are in us, the more we are living in harmony with the Spirit. Two, we need to be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Because if we grieve him, we have no help. Well, how do we grieve him? If we are carelessly sinning, dabbling in the world, if we never stop and have quiet times of reflection before an open Bible, we are grieving the Holy Spirit because he is holy. And of course, I need help. (coughs) Excuse me, and so do you. So if I want his help. I need to serve him in this world, to serve him in my family. I need to serve him in my congregation, but I need help because I'm too weak. As Paul said, who is sufficient for these things? No one is unless we have the help of the Holy Spirit. So don't grieve him, beloved. 
Maybe there are areas of real weakness in your life and you are wondering, why am I always, why am I always weak here? Why am I always, always, always seeming to fall here? Why? Well, in just one of my observations in my own life, it has been that it is usually because that is the area I have just so grieved the Holy Spirit that he is chasing me there and saying, listen, until you learn that this is a super weak spot in your life and you don't go there, you don't look at that, you don't say that, you don't go with that person, you don't do this if you want my help. Until you learn that, I'm just going to let you keep falling over and over again. Why would I want to reward you with me in your sin? We need to be in the Word. Two, we need to make sure we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And three, we need to be greatly encouraged. Oh, be joyful in the Lord, O oh, you righteous. Do we smile often? I know there's tears. I know there's burdens. Many of you even have older parents now and you have to adapt to a whole bundle of life changes. It's a rough time in life with what's going on around us. But why does God bring these pressures to us? Because he wants, us, wants to show us his strength and the joy that comes through learning of him and depending totally upon him. So if you're not very happy right now, and I know, as I said last Lord's Day, Sometimes when we are teenagers, we don't usually smile very much, except, of course, when friends notice something about what we're wearing or some new tech toy we've got. But there is not a core of joy in our lives, even as adults. Why is that? It is because we grieve the Holy Spirit. Real joy comes from the Holy Spirit through walking the way Jesus walked. So be joyful. Let me encourage you. Add up your burdens. Make them as heavy as you want to this week. Go home and write down everything that you're upset about. Write down everything that is bothering you. Write down everything you are worrying about. Make it as honest. Make it as descriptive as you want to. Whether it's ten pages of paper or it's a hundred. And then. Compare it to the help of the indwelling Spirit of God. And it will be like His help in comparison to our troubles. It is like Stone Mountain in comparison to a paper cup. It doesn't measure up. He has all the power and strength we need. So what are we supposed to do with this passage? Are you ready for this complicated conclusion? Pray. That's it. Pray. I feel your weakness. Know that it is the truth and call upon the Lord. Start right now. Start when you're 8. Do it when you're 14. Do it when you're 24, 30, 40, 70. There have been times in my life since I became a Christian in my mid-20s when I have been downhearted and have tried to overcome my sins and my foolishness and stupidity. And God was teaching at those times, hey, you've got to call on me. 
There's no help from you unless you call on me. But if you call upon me, all the resources of the triune God I put at your disposal and I help you and I strengthen you to endure your burdens so that you will praise me and glorify me when I deliver you. So let's rejoice in the Lord together. Confess our sins that we have grieved the Holy Spirit. And let's ask the Lord to work in us so that we will feel our sinfulness as we should and our weaknesses and call upon his name. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866. 8665607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.